With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to another Run It Back edition of the Times Ours podcast with Joshua Briscoe, Seth Kaiser, and Nate Taylor in association with the Athletic Podcast Network. Like Dirty Dan Sorensen in the playoffs, these guys show up big when it counts. Does dirty mean dirty, or does dirty mean dirty? Danielle hit that sweet Andy Reid intro. Let's talk about the AFC Championship game, because you know what? Time's ours. that time jersey. Welcome into a truly dirty edition of Time Czars here on The Athletic. Thank you to Matthew Levingston at Matrix System on Twitter for the voice work for this very special episode. Nate, it is the AFC Championship preview show and the AFC Championship game in sort of a matchup sense has genuinely been like the third or fourth biggest story <laughs> of this week around the Chiefs. What is going on, Nate? Oh, it's so dirty. Um, <laughs> I can't believe we've made it. Oh, it kind of snapped Tuesday. Like Tuesday morning, it kind of snapped for me, Josh, where I was like, this is the AFC Championship Week. And this is this is really one of my, like the most fun times of the year. Um. And then you add into the fact that Patrick Mahomes is in the concussion protocol. I am like, you know, a stockbroker where I'm not even like I'm hanging the phone and immediately calling somebody else. Or I'm (laughs) I'm in I'm in the midst of like 12 different text exchanges uh, (laughs) because the quarterback, you know, um, has uncertainty surrounding his his availability for Sunday's game. And we're going to get to that, of course, because. Uh, I got a couple things uh, that have made it really intriguing in terms of the matchup. But, man, it just – it feels – this feels like the magnitude of this has been really fun to just sort of wrap my arms around it because, you know, we're recording this on Thursday, and I kind of told myself this, Josh, like tomorrow could be the last practice of the season. Yeah. Or – Uh, They could go to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, which is historically rare in this league. So no matter what we talk about from this day, from this moment forth, Josh, if the Chiefs somehow win, I want people to know how freaking rare this is, okay? Despite everything that's surrounding this team, um, yes, they have home field advantage. Yes, it feels like Patrick Mahomes is at a surety to play against the Buffalo Bills for a lot of reasons. But it could also like the season could end on Sunday night, and again, that's why it's that's why I love sports. It's why it's one of the most just bombastic times of the year. And 
I haven't stopped talking to people literally since like Monday morning. Yeah, I, I said this. Um, I don't think I said this on the show. I think I said this to you and Danielle uh, earlier in the week. And this has only become more true. As we're recording this, just so everyone knows, after practice, after pressers on Thursday. So I think we've got pretty good information here. Obviously, what we'll find out on Friday will be more indicative of, of where Mahomes is headed and whatnot. But I told you guys this earlier in the week. Uh, I feel like I feel like this has to be what it's like to be like trying to get off of cocaine, I think. <laughs> or maybe at, maybe it's at the peak of it. I can't tell. I feel like a crazy person. Because I am, ju- there's just 97 things happening concurrently, yes. and I've got my attention on like 96 of them. But that other thing is going to be the most important thing. Two seconds from now, is Eric being to me getting at the Texans job? I I don't know. I don't know. Don't ask me. It, 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 stop asking me about. It. I have no idea. But, but but Josh, isn't he a great fit for Deshaun Watson in a in a dumpster fire of a calamity in with nope, in a sorry, tornado? Nate, sorry, Nate. I got, Nate, I got, I'm sorry. I got to take your vision and point it over here. Patrick Mahomes is a full participant yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. Now he's, he's a limited not. participant yesterday, and now he's a limited participant. Hey, okay, hey, Nate. Hey, hey, Nate, sorry, I did want to get your thoughts on that. I'm sorry, I got to change it, though. You guys had a story about Patrick Mahomes being drafted by the Chiefs and, like, Brett Veach and John Dorsey. That story is great. Go read it on The Athletic. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. You know what? Let's actually, let's start talking about the Bills because it's the AFC Championship game. <sighs> Just Also, Seth's not here today. Yes, yeah, yeah, Seth's still on vacation. Drinking, who knows what, by a beach. Um, <laughs> I just, I just know that within everything you just said, it's it's crazy. It is it's so exciting, but at the same time, like I can only give my attention span for like five minutes because I can report to you right now, like it matters, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that Patrick Mahomes was limited again because based on the NFL protocols, let me tell y'all a little secret. Based on the NFL protocol, he can't be a full participant because he's in the concussion protocol. So mm-hmm. he is limited. Let me give you a sense of how limited Patrick Mahomes was today. Tell me about it. He was going through his reps. He was reading the defense. He was going up against that scout team. He was looking at third down situations. He was looking at short yardage. He was looking at red zone stuff because that's what Eric Bieniemy told us. And then somewhere very towards the end of practice, I assume, again, this is assumption. I assume Rick Burkholder was like, Oh, uh, let me look at the let me look at the period sheet. We getting down to the end. Okay, let me walk up to coach. Hey, coach, I know we gotta stay six feet apart. Um, can he take one less rep than what he's supposed <laughs> to take? Because if he takes one less rep, then he's limited. That keeps us in line with the concussion protocol parameters. And then Andy was like, "All right, Chad, get on in there, boy. Show me what you got." <laughs> All right, Chad, first is twenty-five. Uncork it, Chad. Uncork one. Now, this is somewhat, you know, done in an entertaining fashion. Hopefully you thought it was tasteful, ladies and gentlemen. But Andy Reid said Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes took the majority of the reps, which by definition means, hey, he took 99 out of 100. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's just been, it's just been a lot. It's been hectic. I, my recording software just froze in a way that made me very, everything is fine. Danielle, don't worry. It looks like everything is fine. But that would have also just been about right. Like if, if we go back into the recording and the thing happens that happened once uh, many, many weeks ago where it just sounds like I'm Will Ferrell talking with the dart in his neck or whatever. Like that would be a pretty good, honestly, a pretty like fair estimation of where we've gotten this week. It's 
it's one of those things where you can look at matchups and you can get really ingrained. Um, yeah. You can look at, you know, how Mahomes' availability, when he will be clear from the concussion protocol, how will that affect their Saturday meeting, their Saturday, excuse me, their Saturday walkthrough and their Sunday, is their Saturday night meeting, right? Um, mm-hmm. How will that impact all of these things? Um, look, Sammy Watkins is practicing. Yeah. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is practicing. Um, Bashad Breeland, kind of important, also mm-hmm. practicing, although he appears to be like just a little bit slower um, in the protocol than Patrick Mahomes. So you could you could take this a number of ways, Josh, and I wouldn't like all of this is again utterly fascinating, and I want to give people as much information as I can because it is it is pretty fluid, but. You know, I know people are wondering, when will he get out of the concussion protocol? When will he be cleared to play? I can tell you from what I understand the rules are, what I saw today at practice on Thursday, and what Andy Reid sort of gave us, you know, afterwards, he could be cleared as early as tomorrow morning. Because my understanding is he went through more football activities today. He wore a helmet today. Um, So he is clearly in step four of the protocol, which means... Football activities to some degree. Uh, and they always like to say whether it's non-contact or contact. But at this point in the year, it's not like they're going to put pads on. Um, mm-hmm. So with all that in mind, what we can, what I can basically say with a, with a good amount of assurance is that he could be cleared either Friday or Saturday. And it could happen before Friday's practice because they will go through another round of, you know, brain test and balance test with the independent neurologist alongside the chief's medical staff. And if he is returned to baseline, essentially yesterday before today's practice being Thursday and Friday morning, he could be, he could be cleared by the time the chiefs are on the practice field Friday. And then it could be announced sort of after the fact, or if they want to wait one more day just to be completely sure of themselves that, you know, he's, his, you know, his, his, you know, overall body and awareness. And again, like, again, I'm not a doctor, but like they could take it all the way to Saturday just to be sure of themselves and just to have another round of, again, test and how you're balancing, how are you exerting yourself um, within the protocols alongside an independent neurologist. So when I left the practice field Thursday, Josh, um, it was pretty clear that we're on for Sunday. It's it's Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen, and that should excite any football fan. And I think Chiefs fans can can go ahead and tell themselves that this team is as close to you know fully formed as you can have before you play an AFC Championship game. Mm, that's what I like to hear. That is a that is a delicious meal of information. Uh, and I'm glad to hear that. I saw you tweeted while you were out there at practice that, yes, Patrick Mahomes looked like Patrick Mahomes today. That's one thing that I wouldn't hate a little more information on, a little more of just sort of your perspective on it, it looks like full strength. It looks like he's good to go. We're, we're on, as you said. Um, there's not any real hesitation for you that there will be any sort of mitigating factors at this point, either honestly from the toe or the concussion, mm-hmm. which he's been actually listed with now, even though I still think that there's probably some argument to be 
had about what actually happened to his head. But um, he's on the injury report with concussion slash toe, a bit of a rare combination. Yeah. That I don't think I've seen before. Um, but but there's no he is either playing and is Patrick Mahomes or is not playing. Right. Is that fair? This is unfortunate for the Bills. They're going to get Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and, and, um, and somebody Patrick Mahomes as we know him. Yes, somebody told me on Tuesday um that people really shouldn't be concerned. Now the hoopla surrounding this is completely understandable. I expect Tuscaloosa fan to be I mean, I hope they're awake when they're listening to this right now. Um mm-hmm. because I know how erratic we all get as human beings when emotions get involved. Uh but someone who I trust was like, Patrick Mahomes is going to be fine. Um, what I saw Thursday was a guy who was moving around pretty well in terms of the toe, going through his normal footwork, um, drills, techniques, stepping up in the pocket, changing direction. Okay, looking, progressing through, you know, read one to read three, which again, quarterbacks mm-hmm. aren't really supposed to do, but like he's Patrick Mahomes. Um, he threw the ball with plenty of accuracy, plenty of, you know, um, power, I think is what I sort of alluded to in in our news update, which again, you could also check out on the athletic. We're kind of giving you news updates every day that I'm at practice, Mm -hmm. as long as they allow us to see what he's doing, which was today. (laughs) As long as they don't move inside one minute before practice is supposed to start, (laughs) which, which on Wednesday, which on Wednesday we were like, Hey, uh, why, why, why is practice being moved indoors when it feels lovely outside? And then two hours later, we got the explanation that, like, well, you know, coach, coach thought it was a little windy. Oh, <laughs> is that the case? Well, you know, there could be wind Sunday night. <laughs> you might want to simulate that. That's exactly they they'll they'll play out they'll practice outside in in it's, any heat in any wind a little rain a flurries of snow I think we've seen them outside right I mean come on but you're not gonna you're not you're not gonna look at these snaps of Patrick Mahomes get out of here scatter yeah. oh yeah. So Thursday, I saw again him move around pretty, pretty normal to what I'm, uh, you know, uh, have seen all year, especially in training camp, um, which a lot of this sort of better informs me because again they're only they only let like four or five writers in to see all of training camp practices, so I know the routine each day. Andy Reid doesn't really change much, you know, when you get to January, unless they specifically want to work on something pretty early just to get ahead of it before the usual. Um, segments of practice. Um, he threw the ball well. He, I saw him throw the ball to Sammy Watkins a couple times. That looks pretty good. Just, just want to throw that out there. Um, you know, in terms of the toe, it feels like maybe he can't get to top speed. Obviously, they're not running full speed in practice, but but it, it it's it'll be it'll be fascinating to know. Can he? How how often can he cut on it? you know, and do quick, sudden movements, you know, how does that look in the first quarter versus how does that look in the fourth quarter if you need it, right? Mm-hmm. If you're scrambling out of the pocket. So th- just keep that in mind. But I do think that um, Mahomes was just pretty, was just pretty much himself. Um, it has been remarkable how steady the team has been. I just want to mention that word, how steady the team has been with the franchise quarterback being in the concussion protocol. No one has given any sort of indications that, like, I don't know, like, I'm a little, you know, 
everybody's got to bring it this week because who knows if Patrick's going to be there or not. Like, I haven't gotten that feel from mm-hmm. anybody. And again, the person that I trust um, is pretty confident as long as he has no symptoms returning, which is always, you know, an issue when it's either at nighttime or as you wake up in the morning. That's what, you know, the medical staff and the independent neurologists are going to worry about most is like, okay, we just had a workout. You just came off the practice field. How are you feeling? Um, if he has no setbacks in terms of that, um, I think we're going to get a true representation of who these two teams are because you're going to get both quarterbacks understanding the magnitude of the game. And, you know, despite having some nicks and some bruises um, physically, not mentally, but physically, then I think you're going to I think you're going to see a good game, um, yeah. which the NFL clearly wants, which I think most fans want, if, maybe if you're not in Buffalo. Um, but, Josh, I feel like. You know, whether it'll be fascinating a month from now. Did he really have a concussion? Yeah. I don't know. Are we here's the thing. This is this I'm about I'm going to say something that's going to sound very dark in a moment. And so everyone can just get prepared for that. But because I, I was talking about this on the radio show last night, because um, there are a lot of people asking the questions of like, well, so if he doesn't have a concussion, why is he in the concussion protocol? Doesn't that mean he has a concussion? And I would say, no, because he stood up and was wobbly and glassy-eyed, which looks like a concussion, which means you go into the concussion protocol. I don't think there is a way to know that exactly. if Because it's kind of a, if it looks like a concussion and it sounds like a concussion and it walks like a concussion, it's a concussion. But the way, the, the times that we find out about, like, CTE and subconcussive hits mm-hmm. and all those things that add up yep. is in autopsies. Yes. Like it, it, it th- that that was the dark thing. Everyone, you're good now. But like we we find out significantly after the fact because that's just the way that medically we're able to like study brain function. And and I'm sure there are many nuances that I am steamrolling right over because I am very much not a doctor and I'm very very much not a neuroscientist. Uh, but I just, I wonder how much of that we're always going to have a little bit of a guessing game with, and it's always going to kind of sound like concussion symptoms, but it didn't look like a concussion on the hit. So will we ever know? I don't know. Maybe not. It will be um, interesting um, when the season's over and we can reflect um, uh, about the events that occurred. Um, But, you know, I think... How about I do this for us, Josh? Okay. Hit me. <laughs> Eric Bienemy came to the podium looking like he knew who his quarterback was going to be Sunday. Yeah, that's true. Eric Bienemy had a little I don't know if it was I know I'm not getting hired again this cycle or I know I'm getting the Texans job, but Eric Bienemy had a little he had a little vibe to him. He today, did, I man. Like. I loved it. It was a little Eric Bienemy came out a little spicy today. Yeah. Gave us gave us a little gave us a little nugget on Daryl Williams too. Yeah, dirty. Daryl Williams' nickname, one of many, is apparently dirty. And this team already has a dirty. You heard the intro, right, everybody? I I I don't know how they're gonna solve this. I don't think you can have two dirties on one team. Maybe because they're on different sides of the ball, maybe you're okay. But if that's if that's true, you can never like they can never hit each other in training camp. Mm-hmm. They, if they're in, if they're both on the team next year, they'll just be a crater That's that a was left away. from from whenever Dan Sorensen, Dirty Dan, and Dirty Daryl hit each other. That simply cannot happen. Yeah. So, quick uh, glossary: <laughs> Dirty Dan means doing the dirty work when nobody wants it to. Although, yeah, 
in par in parentheses. Dirty means whatever it can mean to you. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then it could Darryl, mean dirty, or it could mean dirty. <laughs> and then Daryl Williams, dirty means um, it's dirty the way he makes defenders have to tackle him in short yardage situations, and he's 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 dirty because he's Daryl. And parentheses, whatever that means to you. <laughs> that was just such a good nugget. Uh, hey, I'm going to do a thing where every once in a while I'm going to sprinkle in some other piece of news we're not going to have time to talk about today. Um, just because we're taught we're previewing the AFC Championship game and yeah, all the things that have gone that on. Thing. So just so just something we're not going to get to talk about today. Uh, Philip Rivers retired. All right, Woo! next topic. Next thing. I got a, I got a real a real humdinger in a little bit. But we are at this point now, Nate, where... We feel pretty good as of where we're sitting right now, Thursday afternoon after the pressers and the practice and everything. Patrick Mahomes is probably playing. Good sign for uh, for Sammy Watkins. Good signs for Clyde Edwards Elair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie Gay's not playing. Le'Veon Bell up in the air. A lot of guys were limited today. Um, it, what of those moves from the non Mahomes division do you think is most important? And, and what are you expecting to see from some of those? The Bills secondary is adequate. Mm. Um, it is, you know, competent. The Bills secondary, slightly above average. Um, if Sammy Watkins is Sammy Watkins, uh, it makes that quite the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sammy Watkins is the biggest guy who could or could not play on Sunday outside of the Mahomes um, category. Uh, again, when I saw them briefly, they looked pretty fine. Now, again... Sammy Watkins had a non-contact calf injury, so those things are tricky to some degree, too. Um, yeah. I get the sense that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to play, that he's going to give it a go. Um, he seems to be, you know, trending in the right direction. Um, it is interesting with Le'Veon Bell having a, a, a knee that swolled up on him. Um, it was his left knee against the Atlanta Falcons, and then they kind of handed the reins over to Darrell Williams. Um if if Le'Veon Bell's knee isn't right, it kind of explains his performance against the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. where I looked at some snaps and I thought, oh, there might be, you know, there might, if there was just a tad bit more explosiveness or some shiftiness to him, he could have gotten additional yards than what the end result of the play was. So if he's dealing with the knee, that kind of explains where he even was lesser of a step than what we have obviously become accustomed to with him in a Chiefs uniform. So just take that into account, even if he is in uniform Sunday, he may, you know, he's clearly not 100%. Um, I think Bashad Breeland um, is a fascinating character because, you know, he guarded, I think, Stefan Diggs the best out of the group. I don't know if you agree with that, Josh, because, I mean, it wasn't like Traverius Ward played poorly on the touchdown that he gave up in week six against Diggs. But I do feel, I do get the sense that, like, Bashad Breeland has the physicality to go up against Stefan Diggs and not be, you know, not be overwhelmed. I th- the reason that I I had a scoff when you said that is because I caught myself not knowing which corner you were talking about. Because here's another thing we won't get to talk about more today. Field Yates just tweeted, The Chiefs are hosting a trio of players on visits, most notably former Seahawks center Justin Britt, plus Daryl Williams with a Y, and defensive back Rodney Clemens, who were with the team before. What are we doing? Why? What? Right now? Can you wait till the podcast is over? No, this is... Field, stop it! Sorry. Anyway, you I know I know there was a lot of talk around uh, around Legarius Sneed that came out of the pressers today. Yes. We're, we're done. That that field date tweet is it, you heard it on the podcast. It's gone. Now it's gone again. It's gone. Gone. Again. Wait till you hear some of the other stuff. That's not going to make the show. Uh, I 
I am tempted to say that I I've got the need for Sneed on this one, mm. where where I because and Spag talked about Sneed today, um, and and I think it might have been in response to your question. Mm-hmm. Actually, if not, I'm going to give you credit for it. Mm-hmm. Where he was talking about how he didn't he didn't even play slot like in the uh, not that there was a preseason or or a normal a normal camp or anything like that, but but he wasn't getting slot reps basically until he got hurt and was working his way back from that, and then was learning that on the fly, which is. Like they basically traded for Kendall Fuller because in the Alex Smith trade because he that that is such a valuable thing to be that good at and Snead's just kind of done everything and done everything well to this point. Yeah. So I would I wouldn't even hate that. It would be a challenge. Stefan Diggs is really good, mm-hmm. but uh, especially whenever you know they kick Diggs into the slot a little bit, I I'm not afraid of that matchup at least. And I'm but also I'm not sure that the Chiefs have the advantage for many of those three guys. Uh, assuming Breland can play, Fitton has been limited. I don't. I think. I think Diggs wins any of those matchups one on one. I. I also would imagine he doesn't get a ton of one on one looks on Sunday. At least I would hope. Right. Or or you got to have the idea of like, okay, Tyron Matthew is the is is playing the middle, but he's got a lot of freelance you know abilities to, yeah. to read Josh Allen's eyes, and if Stefan Diggs is literally running a dig route, you know Tyron Matthew may become a part of the equation. Yeah, that's a good that's a good call. Um cuz I I think obviously they're going to try to show Josh Allen some different stuff, right? Spags has never Spags has never been scared in his life to send a <laughs> blitz or to try to show something different. But it, even when you go back to to the first matchup, there were some times where I I think I, I the, the Chiefs won the 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 defense versus quarterback matchup they did. at least often enough. By the way, Josh Nobody wants to mention that this week because we want to no. say that Josh Allen was an MVP caliber quarterback in the right. same league with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Sorry, that is second team all pro quarterback Josh Allen tied with Patrick oh! Mahomes for being a second team and, all pro. And if, and if you think this is not acknowledged by a certain person who will wear a number 15 jersey on Sunday, you have been poorly <laughs> mistaken. How is he going to show that, you think? How's he going to do the thing that, that shows that he knows he was second team all pro tied with Josh? Is he going to just walk over there, put his arm around him and just point at him and say, this guy, you think that this guy and I are on the same level? <sighs> he went to your house in the rain and outplayed you. Like, again, something not a lot of people want to acknowledge. Yeah. Um. So I with, with that in mind from the first time through, I imagine we can here, you know, you know what I'm going to go ahead. I'm yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to save uh I'm going to give you I'll, I'll give you one little little update here uh that we're something else we're just not simply not going to get to talk about. The Eagles hired a head coach. I've forgotten his name already. Yep. Same. He, I think he technically qualifies for the Andy Reid tree. Uh Nick Sirianni. Who? Sirianni. Sirianni. Who? Sorry, Nick Nick Sirianni. Who? Hey, hold on. Let me see if I can talk to my phone. Hey, Nick Sirianni. Huh. Hey, hey Sir, hey Sirianni. It's not working. It's, it's not the voice. Oh, it did. What? It did actually. It did. It did. That did set off my phone. Mm. Uh, so the Apple assistant, Nick Siri, is the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. Technically, technically, I think qualifies under the Andy Reid tree. He was actually w- with the Chiefs for a for few hot years. Minute. Hot minute. Uh, and I have no particular memory of him. He's the new Eagles head coach. All right. Uh, Nate, you want seven seconds to break that down? Really didn't know who he was until two hours ago. Perfect. Yep. That okay. Next thing. So we have we have these matchups. We have the secondary that we think is interesting. We have 
uh, Josh Allen MVP candidate question mark when all the hype that's come around him. These teams did play uh, back in week six and I, the Chiefs, the Chiefs controlled that entire game, man. Like, I, I don't want to say that it was a huge blowout or blowout or whatever, because it wasn't. In fact, I was rewatching, rewatching it on, uh, on NFL Network during the show last night. Mm. And I forgot that Clyde was about a quarter inch away from fumbling that game right back to the Bills in their own territory. Mm. He had the fumble that, that, that after review, he was down. Yeah, right, the right. Bills would have had the ball, I think, down six within, like, t- within the red zone, basically, or like in the 25 or something like that. That would have been interesting. The Chiefs would have had for, I think, three or four minutes to go score on their own, and they would have, because that's what happens. But I did, I, I did completely forget about that. But for the most part, the Bills said, hey, do you want to run the ball? And the Chiefs said, not really. Then the Bills said, but do you, like, what if we just let you? And they're like, all right, fine. And then that was <laughs> sort of the game. You're right. Like, I don't know. I feel all right about how this is going. Right. I I remember. Look, I know we miss we miss Seth obviously, um, and I'm glad that he's getting his his R and R. But uh, every time I think about that game, I just think of of Seth telling us their linebackers were dropping in the coverage yes, while they were running yes. the football. So absolutely, that that can't happen again, right? Um, I I I think Clyde is not 100 percent healthy, so we need to acknowledge mm-hmm. that he may be. You know, somewhere in the 80 to 85, you know, depending on what you see fit. You know, a lot of the discussion this week from the Bills standpoint is, hey, we didn't have one of our best defenders, Milano, baby. Like, he went out there. Like, the game would have changed. To which, I don't know. Um, So, again, fascinating to see. Jerry Hughes having a nice little playoff run. Can he get pressure on Patrick Mahomes? I don't know. Um, But we have to acknowledge, Josh, that that was Nick Allegretti's, like, Welcome to the like. Okay, you're in the NFL now, and he hasn't yeah. given up the starting guard spot. Mike Rimmers came in for you know Mitchell Schwartz and has played admirably. Um, so this was the offensive line that sort of you know was thrown together in the middle of that Bills game, and they just dominated the the Bills defensive line. I don't know if that can be repeatable, but it's a good sign, um, especially in short yardage situations, because I think that's the most important part of the run game for the Chiefs if Mahomes is who we assume he'll be um, against, you know, on Sunday because there was a fourth down play, Josh, where Andy Reid was heated that even the refs were like, no, 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 just trust us. It's fourth and inches. <laughs> Remember that? No, I don't. I was just reading about the Chargers head coach. Here's another thing we won't be able to get to. Chargers head coach Brandon Staley. Oh. The thing about analytics is they drive better decision-making. So he wants to be at the, quote, forefront of that movement. Adds that, quote, context and feel are crucial when applying data to decisions. I'm over here falling in love with the Chargers head coach. Nate, what's happening to me? And they might keep Pep Hamilton. So, hey, maybe it's going to work out. I don't know. But, like. It might actually work out. Yeah, hopefully that that works out for them. Um, Well. We get some more intriguing divisional games in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, give or take. Uh, But there was a a time um, where Andy Reid had to make a decision. It was. Fourth and inches, fourth and one. They were on the plus side. I think they were in the red zone. Because uh, Nick Allegretti got a holding call. That really wasn't a holding call based on my memory. Mm. And then Patrick Mahomes did the, I got to scramble. Oh, nobody's open. Oh, snoot. I went past the line of scrimmage. I can't throw the ball. Let me go behind the pass, uh, line of scrimmage. Oh, nobody's open. All right, go get the first down. Again, one of those plays that we don't talk about a ton just because 
he's amazing. But like, it was one of the most brilliant mental plays I've ever seen my homes do. And so Reed got upset because he was like, how is that not a first down, dog? And the rest were like, we ain't got time to rerun our measurements out here. It's cold and rainy. And so it was fourth and <laughs> inches, basically. And Andy Reed threw out a play that I was like, sir, it's October. You don't run these plays yet. It was a full house backfield with Travis Kelsey in the backfield. And basically the Bills were like, the ball's going to Tyreek Hill, right? And then somebody was like, no, 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 no. No, the ball's going to Travis Kelsey because he in the backfield too. And they were like, okay, cool. Everybody keep things out. I was on them. And then it was a, a just a simple, you know, kind of RPO handoff to Darrell Williams who ran in for a touchdown. So um, those are the plays that I'm really fascinated in because, you know, we think Darrell Williams is going to play quite a bit. And we know short yardage is going to be a real decider of this game, I think, on both sides. Um, and if that offensive line can replicate what they did against similar personnel from the from the Bills' defensive standpoint, then I think that bodes well for the Chiefs just because you're going to see more of those creative type of plays in short yardage situations than even we saw against the Cleveland Browns because it was so clear in the first quarter that the Chiefs were like, oh, we just faster than them. Like we yeah. we we ain't yeah. gotta worry about this. Like oh, run more jet sweeps. Oh, more option plays. Cool. Um, Tyreek, run across the field. Ain't nobody gonna guard you. Yeah. Like yeah. It you know. And then they and then Andy Reid thought, well, like we've been running around them all day. Let's just run another option play on on third and one. And you know, shout out to the Browns. They they covered it well. But it'll be a different game plan. I do get the sense that like you can't look at the previous game as real indicators of what the future is going to present but i am interested to know like what truly was translatable you know from a yeah. couple months ago to now and that offensive line and then still having dura williams and a little bit of clyde as maybe a receiver more so um should give the chiefs a couple of options to pursue uh, the Giants signed Breland Speaks to a futures deal, something else you will not talk about any further on this episode of the show. Is there anything that is there anything that spooks you a little bit from the Chiefs' perspective with all that being said? Because honestly, I feel like our vibe here so far today has largely been like, Mahomes is going to play, the Chiefs won this game the first time. I, I think to kind of answer your last sort of rhetorical question, I think a decent amount of things will be repeatable. I think what the Chiefs did defensively should be repeatable, even if the, you know, the, the Bills' mm. defense has gotten healthier. But I I don't I don't know what the Bills offense can do right now or will do right now that it couldn't or didn't do then. Um I think they I think that the other the other side Chiefs offense versus Bills defense is probably a little different than it looked the first time through. But what with all of that is there anything that right now you say well if this game here's here's what is endangering the Chiefs at this moment. Yeah, I mean that's a good point and I'm really interested to to hear what your with your answer is to this Josh, but like If you're a Brown, or if you're a Browns fan who's really upset with what happened last week in a missed opportunity, the the Bills fan can come to you and say, "Well, we just get first downs." I mean, statistically, they just get first downs. They they move the ball, and so if Josh Allen is accurate or more accurate than he was even in the first matchup, then. They have a chance. They have a real chance of winning because they can move the football. They have they Cole Beasley is a dude. Like we just we gotta mm-hmm. acknowledge him. Um 
Singletary has the ability to not really make anybody look foolish, but he can he can turn a two yard gain into a four yard gain just because he's physical in running the football. Um, this is where the red zone gets super fascinating because mm. what people forget, especially for young quarterbacks, and this is why Patrick Mahomes again was on like another level, mostly because of play calling, mostly because of skill position players, but the fact that he you know had a little bit of daring to him but he's so accurate is that most young quarterbacks will get into the red zone and the windows are tighter and the decisions have to be quicker and you can't turn over the football. You mm. have to get points. When you play the Chiefs, of course, that extends even more to be like, we got to get six at minimum. Mm-hmm. So Josh Allen needs to be damn near perfect in the red zone against this team. Yeah. Because what Steve Spagnuolo, I think, is going to do is show some things early, say some things for the second half, here's an occasional blitz or two, and then really when it's go time in the fourth quarter, he's going to put a lot of pressure on that dude. Like, look, we have we have a track record now, Josh. Fourth quarter, got to get it done. They blitz Ryan Tannehill to death. They blitz the living hell out of Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Um. They didn't do it a ton against Baker Mayfield, but Baker Mayfield didn't get across midfield, I always like to say. Like, yeah, they defended him so well, he couldn't get across midfield with a chance to take the lead in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. So I assume Josh Allen at least going to get past midfield. Um, mm-hmm. But what does he do in the red zone? And then what does he do when he, when we, when we everybody in the building knows they're going to blitz? Um, so how would you sort of frame what the Bills' offense can do that could give the Chiefs problems. Just because Tyron Matthews playing at a Hall of Fame level. I don't want to mm-hmm. say that lightly, but he is. He, he kind of is playing at a Hall of Fame level right now. I uh, I just went back because I, I couldn't remember what Josh Allen's, <clears throat> excuse me, what Josh Allen's stat line was whenever these two teams played the first time. This isn't, this is this is pretty box scorey of me, so I apologize and I acknowledge it. He was 14 of 27 for 122 yards and four and a half yards per attempt. Dog. Dog. I mean. Dog. He missed He missed Stephon Diggs deep <sighs> on a post route. And then Juan Thornhill had an amazing play where he still showed his range um, on another deep pass. Those were two opportunities that he missed. But other than that, he, he, he really what? Like, it was his worst game of the season. So here's. I, I think I have what I would what I would do if I was the bills and then what I would probably try to do to counter it from the chief's perspective. Mm. The, the one thing that I've been willing to just sort of plant my flag in for a while here is that, and, and you, this is also built on, you know, the story that we've talked about a million times now that you and Seth and Ethan Douglas all wrote about like, you know, controlling the clock and how do you beat the chiefs and all of that stuff. What you got to do to beat the chiefs is you, you got to score like 27 points and then have a great defensive day. I mean that like that sort of, where that begins. And so if I'm the Bills, I mean, I would do the thing that they did last week and run the ball like once in the first half or whatever that stat line is. Right. It was 19 to 1, I think, to start the game. Oh, I mean, that, listen here, I, I'm not really a, you know, fan, <laughs> a fandom free agent, but you want to, you want to come over and tell me about how, like, I don't know, some college football team even, you know, on that 19 to 1 ratio, I'm, I'll buy a t shirt. <laughs> You'll love to see that. Yeah. But I think I think you follow in those footsteps as much as humanly possible there and and say we are here to push and push and push and push offensively 
And and frankly, you know, if if Josh Allen ends up taking a deep shot that it falls incomplete or gets picked off or whatever, well, there there are worse results there, and and it's, that's better than than taking that shot and and occasionally not letting it land, than than playing a, a conservative control the clock style of offense, which is again one reason that I do think the Bills are such a fun matchup here because they know th- this is not news to them. Right. They're not changing their strategy for the Chiefs. They're saying, no, we're going to go bombs away, and we're going to we're just going to throw and throw and throw and throw, and we're going to throw it to Diggs, and we're going to throw it to Cole Beasley, and we're going to throw it to John Brown. We're going to throw it to whoever we got out there. We're going to throw it to the tight ends. We're going to throw it to running back once in a while, whatever. But that's our move, and then Josh Allen's going to lead our team in rushing on a couple of scrambles. I think that matchup for the Chiefs, that that's, that's what I would want to bring to the table. I think that they're in a good place there already. The one other thing that I think we haven't spent very much time talking about for reasons I don't I don't fully understand, honestly, um, and I'm saying that I've not done this either, so I'm I'm a part of the issue here. <laughs> there was a, a chart that, that was I, I saw on Twitter a day or two ago that is consistent with something we'd seen earlier, which is uh, basically every team's essentially their starting defensive ends by snaps, and you've got a little four squares chart. You know, top right quadrant is uh, getting double teamed and winning a lot. Mm-hmm. Bottom left quadrant is not getting double teamed and not winning very much. And then obviously, you know, top left and, and uh, bottom right are both one or the other. You're either getting double teamed a lot and not winning, which is reasonable, or you're, you're uh, not getting double teamed very much, but you are winning, which also makes sense. Um, th- I, think, I think the Chiefs have the worst performing duo of defensive ends on that chart by a pretty wide margin. Uh, Tano Passigno is just bottom left, like pretty close to by himself, mm-hmm. which is obviously disappointing because I've always been pretty optimistic about his performance. But also what they did on this version of the chart, and I retweeted it then. I'll, I might go find that again and, and try to get it out there one more time. What they also did this time was color code the names based on their cap hits. Oh, no. Uh, I don't remember if it was their cap hits this year or next year, but Frank Clark literally like sticks out like a like a red name. Uh, because that's what it is. He's like a high cap hit, and he's down there in that bottom left quadrant, uh, a little better than Passigno, but still, he's not getting double teamed at the rate you would expect, and he's not winning at the rate that you would expect. And that's just been true pretty much this whole year. And I think it, this is a little bit uh, under the under the the skin of the actual issue here. I think, but I think to some extent, you have a high profile, high paid player like that, and we would, you know, generally speaking, we want the moves to work out. So you see him, you know, have a good sort of run, uh, a, a good running snap where he sets the edge and force something back and it's like, oh yeah, Frank Clark. But then he's pretty quiet for the rest of the game and we just sort of let that go. Anyway, um, I think that if you are the Bills here, you pay all your attention to Chris Jones and you say that you're either, the Chiefs are either going to have to blitz to get to me yep. or we're going to make one of these dudes who have not performed at this level this year we're going to make them perform at that level to get here with four because that it's just not something that the Chiefs have had the personnel to do except really outside of Chris Jones so I that's the one thing that where I imagine Spags will keep blitzing and then the Bills have to be able to take advantage of that whenever it happens hopefully back in the style that they already want to play if I'm looking at it from their perspective it's a great point I mean this is this is a game where you need Frank Clark to really to really show you something right I mean yeah it's Again, as I said after the Browns game, I thought he did. So, I thought he did a lot of things that were really good, um, and he was close a couple times to getting Baker Mayfield. But again, you, he you need to get to actually getting Josh Allen on the ground. That would that would help. That would also help a young quarterback on the road, big time playoff game. If he gets hit a couple times early, you know that usually um, favors the opponent. 
um, because, you know, you're just asking that quarterback to go above and beyond, um, you know, an adverse situation. So I I want to see uh, Frank Clark, whether it's the outside inside move, whether it's the spin move that he's been able to use a couple times to, to have success where he can really get there. And, you know, Josh Allen's going to hold on to the ball if it's not there. Right. It's not like yeah. you're playing Tom Brady. You know, this is a guy that, you know, he started to figure out quietly um, to great success early that if he held on to the ball based on how strong, how athletic he is, that somebody was going to come open, most notably Stephon Diggs. So um, there's going to be opportunities where it was clear that Kevin Stefanski last week was like, Baker, mm-mm, it's got to be out in three, dog. It can't. Yeah. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. Either it's it's in the ground or it's in the, <laughs> in the stands or you you found somebody. That that may not necessarily be Josh Allen's is, you know, MO on Sunday. And again, it makes it it makes it that much more intriguing just because yeah. Again, I know I've asked for it and Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens really didn't deliver. But have the have the have the have the Bills faced true playoff pressure down by 10. Hell, down by 7. Mm-hmm. Like they really it's been a pretty comfortable ride. Now it was gonna get tight. And then Lamar stared down Mark Andrews, and we all knew. Yep, that's the game. We ain't gotta play this fourth quarter. Yep. Nope. Yep. <laughs> that's that, sir, is ball game. Um, yep. so give credit to the Bills. They played Ben Don't Break defense perfectly all night. Um, where they were like, Lamar, you can have you can have the middle of the field. That's fine. But when we get in the red zone, we gotta tighten up. I don't know if that'll work with the same degree of success rate against the Chiefs offense for a number of reasons, of course. But, you know, Phillip Rivers was a very savvy, smart player who knew all of their defensive alignments, what coverages they were in, and the the Colts just weren't successful in the red zone. Yeah. The, the Ravens had a game plan where it looked pretty clear, hey, if we get up on this team, Maybe we can make them feel it. Maybe we can get downhill. Maybe we can make them really, really have to play in a frantic manner that makes them uncomfortable just because as a group, they have not had to do this in the postseason yet. That is, I think, a big bulletin board sort of, you know, put a star next to it on the game plan if you're a Chiefs fan. What happens if the Chiefs are up 13-3 to on the Bills the same way they were against the Browns? Like, just, just what happens, right? Um, and how does that affect the team on the road when you're one game away from the Super Bowl? And this is this is different from what we've had all year. Yeah. The the one thing that I would add there from the again, sort of taking the Bills side of this. If I'm the Bills, I here here's what I remember from the first. I'm gonna go back to the, the first match. Mm-hmm. After the game, we had Sean McDermott's press conference. And he said you know, he was asked about sort of the defensive strategy there. And, well, you know, they ran a billion yards on him. And obviously they had numbers. We all saw that it was happening in real time. You know, what was the strategy there and how do you feel about it? Essentially, his answer was, we were pretty close at the end. So I feel pretty good about it, which is sort of an honest, reasonable, I think, answer. But if you are going to play that way, especially defensively, you've got to be willing to take your chances and live with the consequences, especially mm. on the offensive side. Yes. 
Because you might say, we're, we're willing to give up a few points. We're, we're willing to let you guys run the ball because we think we can stop you running the ball without the numbers more often than we can stop you passing the ball with the numbers. So we'll, we'll go ahead and stack the deck in that regard and, and we'll we'll do what we can there. And again, the, you know, that, that, that game worked out okay. The Chiefs scored 26 points. But they have to be their best and their most aggressive selves offensively in this game, I think. Because the the Chiefs aren't going to, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna get held to three points like the Ravens did. It doesn't matter what the Bills off what the Bills defense yeah. does. There's no chance. So so that so that tells us right. If we walk into Sean McDermott's office with Brian Dable, the two of us again as as consultants on how to actually beat the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, y'all got any new plays? Because we need all of them, <laughs> right? Like, right? Like, we, yes. Like, have y'all? Is there anything that you feel good about that really has been put on tape? Well, this is the Super Bowl. You want to get to the Super Bowl? Treat this like the Super Bowl because you're gonna need yeah. you're gonna need to do things that make Steve Spagnuolo a little uncomfortable or make him think more when the team comes off. You know, when the unit comes off on the sidelines and go, "Well, okay, um, wasn't expecting that, so let's do this, this, and this." Like, you have to make. Yeah, you you like you're you're so right, Josh. They have to the the Bills have to make the game really uncomfortable for the Chiefs as best they yeah. can with their collection of skill, which is really really high. But they again, they just haven't done it yet. So you have to take on that underdog mentality, but but not feed into it too much to where you're either overhyped or you're telling yourselves, "Man, these dudes are super good." Like, you know, they're so up up, up in the air above us. But you kind of got to play it just right where we got new stuff. We got, you know, we got more of our players back from the last meeting. We understood what it took to play those dudes the first time. And, you know, we're not scared. Like, Sean McDermott, don't be don't be out here playing scared, dog. Just, yeah. just don't. Like, me and Josh are here to tell you, <laughs> don't you dare play scared. Don't, don't be like, well, when we get down 10... Oh, I'm gonna do my Andy Reid. All right, here, here come the new plays. Mm-mm. No, sir, you have not earned that right. You need to come That's out correct. the gates, hell, like fire coming out of your ears. Okay, this is to go to the Super Bowl and to defeat the defending champions. Don't be bringing that Vic Fangio week. You know what? About here. <laughs> That's not what we're here for. Okay, like Patrick Mahomes is probably going to play. He's probably going to be who he is. Most Sundays, particularly in the postseason where he doesn't turn over the football. So with that in mind, you can't turn over the football. You got to be aggressive. And don't you bring this weak stuff out here, okay? Did you, y'all, ladies and gentlemen, did you hear what Josh said? In the first matchup, they were willing to be like, nah, you can have all these yards. But then they sucked in the red zone because they got nobody to cover Travis Kelsey. So... You're right, Josh. They're gonna have to come in here and not be afraid and just just say we took our shot. Like the Cleveland Browns aren't talented enough. It's yep. just the facts. The Bills yep. are talented enough. Yeah. You gotta use it. Listen, like you said, this is this is the Super Bowl. You got you got two weeks to come up with new plays if you want. You 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 got you got two weeks to come up with more of the secret good plays if you win this one. But I just do not see that world coming to fruition where they just sort of play their even even if they even if they get every detail of it. If they're playing their like middle of the road levels of aggressive, it's just not going to be enough. It's not. You got to go for it on fourth down. And I mean first drive. Set a tempo, yeah. set a message. 
Tell the boys, we out here to get 40. Because the only team that's beaten this team all year with number 15 as a quarterback had to score 40. Uh, here's another piece of news we're not going to get to in the show today. Um, uh, I'm going to scoot back from the microphone just for sort uh -oh. of like audio uh -oh. purposes. Just hold on. <clears throat> The Lions' new head coach wants to eat your kneecaps, <laughs> and he—that's a—that happened. Josh, here's my rhetorical question: Is he a better option than Eric Bieniemy? Listen, man, if if Eric Bieniemy got into that got into that uh, interview in that Zoom call, going <laughs> like Hannibal Lecter, if he would have if he would have if he would have talked about some uh, fava beans with a human liver, maybe he would have gotten that job because the Lions hired a cannibal. Hold on, hold on, no, Dan Cannibal. I got it. His name is Dan Cannibal. He did, He went into that interview and was like, hey, I'm going to be hired coaching professional grown men. But you know what? We're going to be dogs out here. We are going to be physical Lions. We are going to embody the literal word. Right, he said we were going to embody the city of Detroit. What he actually said was, we're going to embody lions, lions that eat <laughs> we're human gonna be beings. We're going to be doing lions things out there. But, Coach, that could mean, it, it, that, that could mean that we take on some sportsman-like conduct penalties and some face masks. Are you sure about that? We're going to be out here eating. We're going to eat human flesh. <laughs> but All right, we didn't have that. That wasn't. Enemy. No shade, but actually no. this is shade. How are you making oh, yeah, sure. me? I don't have the answer. All right, I need you to give your thoughts on the AFC Championship game while I tweet out this joke before I forget about it. Um, Because Dan Cannibal is pretty good. Look, it was windy Sunday. I will keep you abreast on all the wind, of course, both meeting what happened yesterday at practice. And, look, there were some operational breakdowns with Harrison Bucker in the kicking unit. So just keep that in mind. Um, it, This is a more of a night game, so maybe it won't be as windy as it would during the middle of the day. Uh, because we saw that that benefited the Chiefs against the Falcons. And, you know, Harrison Bucker had some issues. Now, when the money has been on the line, literally, Harrison Bucker's been great. So um, he just needs to psychologically tell himself that if I don't make this kick, we will not win. Um, or at least that's, hope, that's what I hope <laughs> Dave told Toby, um, the special teams guru. Um, it was also nice to know that, hey, the Chiefs can play a divisional playoff round and not give up a blocked punt. Can they do it two weeks in a row? This has been your special team's corner uh, of times ours. I thought Dave Tobo was actually really interesting in all that today also. Yes. So that's a fun little extra perk there. Um, okay, so let's put a bow on it here. How are we feeling right now? Because I got to say, in the, la in the last 50-some uh, minutes, I've only become more convinced that this game is going to go the way that we thought it was going to go. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, man, Sunday's going to be so much fun. I don't, I don't know, Josh. I mean, uh, yeah, I just, mm. it, it all comes down. It all comes down to Andy Reid and 15, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I think so. I mean, Again, we just gave the Bills a blueprint. Don't turn the ball over. Be aggressive. Like, go for it on fourth down. Convert. Be be great in the red zone. Hey, Josh Allen, don't do anything stupid. Um, And yet it, it all still may come down to Andy Reid and, and, and Patrick Mahomes. Um, Again, it's just don't be surprised if the Bills win. It is really hard to do what the Chiefs are doing. Um. I, we, we just have to say that over and over again. Um, 
the offensive line concerns me just a little, but it, but I don't feel like the the Bills have a for like does Bills defensive line and ferociousness like does that go in the same sentence, Josh? Like I, like they can win, but they they need to play a great game, and the Chiefs also need to play a great game. Ah, uh, here's. I don't I get this isn't even where I was like literally two hours ago. But I think I would be surprised if the Bills win this game. Really? Not 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 like shocked to my core. Right. right. Not like, oh God, I can't believe it. But like let's say that, you know, Patrick Mahomes plays and he looks like Patrick Mahomes. I'm having a harder time finding the thing that that shifts an entire game into the Bills' advantage. A pick six. Like that, it would would literally take something, something that we can't really uh, foresee. Um, Something some people would call surprising, which is where I think that's where I've ended up. I think something surprising would have to happen for the Bills, not for it to be close, not for it to be fun, but for it to actually go that way. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. You know, and they got to hit on some of the deep balls, right? I mean, again, if we're looking for commonalities, Derek Carr hit on some deep balls, like, they schemed it up and they executed at a high level. Like that's just what the Bills are going to have to do. And um, it'll be so fun to be like, are the Bills going away from Tyron Matthew as much as physically possible? And then on the other side, you know, are the Chiefs not even like, like it's cool, Tre'Davious White, that you up out here, but you're just going to be running around for three hours, you know. Because they have enough things to do where, as I mentioned last episode, like Tyreek Hill could be in the backfield again. How do you stop that? I don't I don't with, think that there is a with way Travis to stop Travis Kelsey it. in the middle of the field still, where you still have to you still have to ID 87, and I don't know, maybe 14 can give you a couple plays that you know he couldn't have given you last week because he wasn't on the field. Like it's it's asking a lot. It's asking a lot. But again, this has I feel like the 49 like here's a good indicator. Do we both feel like the 49ers were a better team last year going into the Super Bowl than the Bills are going into this game despite all the craziness surrounding the Chiefs? I don't. I think I like here's what I was going to say though. I was going to say I think both NFC teams match up better with the Chiefs than the Bills do. I think that's fair. There's my take. I, I think that's really yep. fair, you know? Um because all the, the Buccaneers could tell themselves, hey, dog, if we don't run single high and put a corner on Tyreek one-on-one, we might have a chance. <laughs> like, yeah. If, we, if we're not down a billion points after the first quarter, hey, we might stack up against these dudes. Uh, look, the, the, the Packers have a historic offense, so like we got to give them a lot of credit um, you know, to see who will, who will be the NFC opponent. But I think you're right. I think... I think the 49ers were perhaps a, a more complete team. The difference is, is that Josh Allen, I think, is better than Jimmy Garoppolo with with the, with yep. more reps, with more snaps, yep. with more dropbacks available to him. Uh, where it was clearly designed for Kyle Shanahan to be like, we don't need to be throwing the football 40 times. Where the, the Bills will throw the football 40 times on Sunday. Um, yeah. And they should. And they should. They should. Yeah. That's their best chance. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to I'm going to get you I'm going to give you a score. I'm going to do it and I'm going to let you do it and then I'm going to let you get us out of here. I think the Chiefs are going to score. I think I'm I've changed I've moved around a little bit. I don't know what the over under is. I don't even know what the line is right now. But I I'm kind of feeling a little like 
27-20. Mm. Like a little, maybe a little, a, a little 30 to 23. Kind of like a weird Chiefs by a Chiefs by one possession because that's the only way that the Chiefs win football games. <laughs> but I feel like they're the better team and probably control it most of the way, honestly. Yeah. I'm in the I I am uh I want to go in the reverse of two years ago. And this is where I'll lastly put it um from my perspective. You know, 2018 was an amazing season for the Chiefs. The Bills are literally living that life right now where it mm-hmm. all kind of comes together. It's a little different than than obviously what the Chiefs did in 2018 because they were hosting the AFC Championship game. But they're going up against a a Hall of Fame head coach and a Hall of Fame quarterback. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, like Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. So I'm going to say Chiefs 34, Bills 31. Mm. Where if you're a Bills fan, it kind of confirms that, yes, you had a historic season in your franchise, and now you truly know what it means to go play a champion and get ready for the following offseason. I, I like it just wouldn't surprise me if that's the case. Um because the Chiefs can tell themselves two years ago that in many ways they were a better team than the Patriots. But the Patriots won. And the Patriots became the champions. And the Bills may go through similar discussions with themselves after Sunday night's game where they can say Hey man, we were we were super close, and hell, maybe we are better than them, but they're the champions, and this is a step that you know a lot of teams have to go through, unless you just have this crazy 2001 season where all of a sudden, you know, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick literally ran through the league, which again is very unprecedented. Um, it's more normal for the Chiefs to remain supreme for at least a couple more weeks to have a true shot to be back-to-back defending champions and the Bills to know truly that they are, they are ready to move forward um, as a franchise at the high, high level. Um, But Sean McDermott, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, I, I have to go with the Chiefs. I think that's the right call. We also did not get even one second of conversation about the excellent story up in The Athletic right now about how the Chiefs got that quarterback that has decided uh, all of these games and and decided our predictions for this weekend. Uh, Go read that up in The Athletic right now. Jason Jinks, Dan Pompey, Mike Sando, and of course, Nate Taylor. An excellent read. We might be able to talk about that more uh, either in the early offseason or just, I don't know, next week. Hopefully the season doesn't end up ending. But that's up there. You can follow Nate on Twitter for more Patrick Mahomes updates and more breaking news updates with The Athletic at By Nate Taylor. Uh, I'm at JB Briscoe, and uh, Seth Kaiser's at Real MN Chiefs fan. We'll have him back again soon as well. Nate, take us into championship weekend. It might be dirty, y'all, but somebody's going to have to do something dirty out here, okay? <laughs> Boys, it's going to be a long fight for a trip to Tampa Bay. Dan, we need you to do something dirty. And Daryl, you're, in, you're included now. Do something dirty. Find a way to get the team to the Super Bowl. 